You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that on your Bible, Luke chapter 18. Let's go to Luke 18. Last week we began talking about keeping your faith alive. Remember Jesus said that when he comes to the earth, he said in verse 8, I tell you that when God returns, when he comes, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? And that to me is such an astounding question when you consider that out of everything Jesus has come to do, as he came to destroy the work of the enemy, he came to seek and save that which was lost, he destroyed the curse on the cross so that we may have the blessing. He bore sickness and disease that by his stripes we can be healed. He became poor even though he was rich so that we by his poverty might be made rich. He, he basically oversaw everything you could possibly need in this earth. That you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. He's given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. God never leaves nor forsakes you. He's always making sure you are looked after, provided, protected, and, and watched over. And out of everything that's available in the kingdom of God, when Jesus says when he returns, the one thing that bothers him, will he find faith? Now, why is he saying that? Why is that question even asked? Because he understands. He knows what the enemy's up to. He knows how the enemy works. You notice the first time Jesus was tempted, it was all tempted around the issues of his calling. Did you hear from God? Are you sure this is what God said? And that's exactly how he tempted Adam. That's exactly the same attack. Did God really mean it? Did God really say that? And the whole idea was to break you from the relationship with God. And in doing that, he even challenged, even when Jesus said, it is written, the enemy came back, well, if it is written, then try this. You see, constantly trying to whittle down your trust and understanding in the word of God. And that's the sole purpose that the enemy ever attacks us in our lives. It's not just to kill us and get us off the planet. He doesn't care if you go to heaven or hell. Doesn't bother him in the least. That's something else that a lot of people, um, Hollywood has created the wrong impression. Satan is not ruling over hell. Hell is created for him to be destroyed in and contained in. It was never meant for humans. But if someone makes Satan their God, then they will go with where their God is. You see that. And so the purpose is, is the devil doesn't care if anyone's off this planet. The only reason he really wants if the person off the planet is to silence the word that's in their mouth while they're here. So every attack you ever experience, anything the devil's doing, is trying to whittle that faith out of you. Now, God has given us his word to make sure we never lose that faith. That's the primary access to everything God has for you. Everything God has ever set up for you to receive, the only avenue for it into your life is by faith. Why? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If we haven't got the word on the issue, we'll never know we even have access to it. Only reason you knew you had to get saved was because you heard someone tell you about it. 
Only reason you knew you could be healed because you heard the word on the issue. Your provision came because someone told you God has supplied all your need. And you chose to believe that. And by receiving that, you received the faith that could access that promise and bring it into your life. Hallelujah. And so in these last days, the enemy's trying to do everything he can to whittle that out of you, beat you up till you eventually get, why am I even bothering with this? Why am I even trying? And so Jesus is saying, the way the enemy works and everything he's watched about the human race, will people hang on to the end? And I want to stand in front of him and say, Jesus, I'm here. How you say amen to that? If, if, if I'm the last one standing, I will make sure. Because if he said it, and I'm going to answer, yes, that's me. Yes, you will. You will find faith. How are you willing to say amen to that? Well, we know that not everybody chooses to, to, to walk this way. And this way, the way you keep faith alive has to be activated. Remember, James 2 told us, in verse 20, do you know, foolish man, faith without works is dead? What's he saying? Faith without corresponding action. So it's possible to have faith, but for that faith to be dead. We're talking about keeping that faith alive. Amen. And so if the just shall live by faith, Hebrews 10, 38, we want to live that way. So if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, how will we hear? We saw last week, Romans 10, verse 14 to 15 says, How will they call on him whom they've not heard? How will they hear? How, how can they call on him who they've not believed? How will they believe if they've not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? And that gets down to verse 17. So faith comes by hearing. So evidently, in the context, the hearing is through a preacher bringing the word to us. Obviously, as we read the word, we hear it. As we study it, we hear it. As we pray, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. There's also a word that will bring us specific things like more detailed. If God's telling you to start a new business or move into ministry or whatever, there's a call that comes. Faith comes by that hearing as well. But the primary beginning of that, the seeds of that, is the word you receive from a preacher. So God's gift to you is a man or woman of God that will inject that word into your heart. And so it's very important to see that. This Christianity, God's life, the way the kingdom works, we were never meant to live on our own. God says, I will not do anything in the earth unless I first tell my prophets. So God puts the word into a man of God's life so that he can put it into your life. So the primary reason we come together is to hear the word of God so that we can prepare and go out into the earth and be the salt and light in the earth. Lead others to Jesus. And so we start having a look. What are the seven things that we can make sure are in place so that we can make sure we can keep our faith alive? Number one is we come to church meetings regularly. We come to church meetings regularly. Amen. Not just now and then. It's not a tick box on our report card to make sure when we get to heaven, at least we did the, these things right. No, we come for the purpose of hearing the word. Uh, Hebrews 10 verse 25 from the Passion Translation. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently 
eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. What day? The day Jesus comes back and says, well, I find faith in the earth. So obviously we do that. The word talks about stirring up one another, stirring up one another. So as we come together, that's what I do is I stir you up. I, I, I cannot even begin to tell you all the various testimonies of people that the Lord moved in my heart at the last minute. I would call them because the Holy Spirit really prompted me to call them. And as I spoke to them, they were ready to give up, ready to fold in the towel. And just that's the end of it. But just by speaking the word that God had given me, it reunited them. Have you ever had that happen? Somebody by faith, with faith, spoke to you and reignited the fire. Has that ever happened to you? How many can testify to that? You see, that's, the, that's what we do. We come together for that reason. And so, of course, we, when we come together, it's because there's a man of God to speak the word of God into our lives. And that leads me to number two. Listen to the word of God with intent. Listen to the word of God with intent. Remember Romans 10, 17, faith comes by, hearing by the word of God. It's not just listening to sounds. It's not just listening. You know, sometimes we put the word on and just let it drone in the background. Uh, and that's fine if you're busy with something and you do, at least you've got the word playing. But when we come, we want to hear the word to make sure that we receive the life of that word. That's why I make sure for myself. I know what it's like when you've got messages coming through and emails pinging and things like that. Is Social media is so dangerous when it comes to living the life of faith. Because we got so used to when that thing pings, we've got to answer it. I mean, you, and I said before, if we, if we were in a natural conversation, let's say you and I are talking to each other, and someone just walked in my office and said, Pastor Dan, you mind if I have a word? Sure, sit down, speak to me. And then someone else knocks on the door. Hi, just popping in to say hello. Hi, how are you doing? And someone else, and you're sitting there, but aren't we having a conversation yet? But we allow social media to do that. We allow SMSs, messages, just, just keep invading our lives. So when it comes to the Word of God, when we're sitting in the house of God here, yes, we, we got Bible and things, our notes on, on, on our media now, on technology, uh, but be cautious that we don't use that as a distraction. So while I'm busy reading the Word, next moment there's a message, let me go read the message quickly. No, if you were 20, 30 years ago with a page Bible and a notepad and pen, you wouldn't even know someone wanted to talk to you. And if it was that important, they would get hold of you later. Isn't that right? So let's make sure, let's make sure we put it, attention to the word. Because the enemy is doing everything he can. He will use anything that we give into, he will use that as access to distract us from the word. Come on, Ham, you know that I know when I first started walking in the, in the things of God, is that as I used to get ready to study and read the word, uh, that was when I felt my, my most tired. It's like you were fine until you decided to pray. Now all of a sudden, you... come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? I still remember uh, Jerry Savelle, he gave a test to me. He says every time he sat down to read his Bible, he'd fall asleep. So what he did is he went into the bathroom and he stood on the edge of the bath. 
You know the bath wall? He stood on the edge of the bath and then he read his Bible and he thought, okay, now, now you're going to stay awake. See, what, what's he doing? He's giving attention. He's making sure he's focusing on the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. That means you take your focus from everywhere else and you put it on the Word and the Word only. When we're coming into the house of God, this is where we're focusing. We're focusing on what is being spoken, not on everything else that's happening. You give attention to the Word. When I sit down in, the, in my house, it's not like something I do on the side. I put aside this, I put aside that, I close the door, and I come out. I'm putting my attention on the Word of God. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. You're going to go listen to the Word. And he says, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And so here's the issue. There's a number of things here. One is give attention. Two, ears. Three, eyes. There must be a reason for that to be written. So I've made a decision. I Sometimes I'll listen to the word being spoken, but I want to still look it up in the Bible, even though I know what it says. If I'm listening to my pastor speak and he says, turn to, I will go to that in the Bible and I will read it with him because I want to put my eyes on it. It's not just listening all the time. Again, we put the scriptures up here so that it's quick and easy for you to get. But it's good to have your Bible with you to go to it because you want to write notes sometimes. And so that you follow along with that. It's giving attention to the word, eyes, listening. I've got a great piece of software where you, it puts the scriptures up and reads it to you out loud. So I'm reading it on the screen and I'm listening to it speaking. So those are available. There's those, those tools are out there. So the key is to make sure that you're getting that word. Feed your spirit with the word of God and keep it in your heart. Because when you're listening to the word, you're not just getting it in your mind, you're getting it into your heart. So you get it through the eyes, you get it through the ears. God's method, God's system is to feed it into the soil of your heart. Now that heart's not your blood pump, that's your spirit man. Amen. Say that. When I see the word of God with my eyes and I listen to the word of God with my ears together, that places the word in my heart. Why is this important? Verse 22. For those words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The word is life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They're not just audible sounds. The very word of God carries the life spirit of God. And when it enters your heart, out of your heart, it feeds into your flesh. It is health to your flesh. Just the same way in the natural, as you eat food, your body digests it and distributes it to your body. And it produces protein, which produces muscle. It's got all the... Uh, nutrients and the minerals and the vitamins that you need. It helps to develop your immune system, keep you strong. Why? Because your body needs that health flowing out of your spirit. And then 
verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. That word, when it talks about out of it flow the issues of life, another translation says, out of it flows the power of life. The power of life. The only reason your body still is alive now is because your spirit's in there. You're in there. And so that's proof is that when, when you step out your body, the body's going to fall over. and We'll bury that. But you will live on. Amen? So you in your body is what energizes the body. So the life force is coming out of your spirit. And that life force is fed by the Word of God. Now, you can imagine that someone is not saved. They are living on a sliver, literally a sliver. Just, just the fact that their spirit's there is what's keeping them. But they, technically, they're not alive because the Bible says we are dead in our sin. And so it's very easy when someone's in that state to, dissuade, to sway them and take them in the wrong direction. And you can see that happening in the world today where even they, they're starting to write sin into the law books. And then anyone that wants to violate that, they the problem. No, the word of God is still the yes and amen. Amen? The only way you would know that is if you're born again. Because when you know that, that's the life force within you. That's when you can call on the supernatural. When sickness and disease tries to attack your body, you can speak that word and it will start attacking whatever's in that body and destroy that burden, destroy that sickness and disease. That's the spirit life that flows within you. So out of your heart flows the power of God. So the same way you wouldn't try and live without eating properly. You know after two or three or four or five days of not eating properly, you start to feel weak. You start to run down. Your body starts to wear down. You start to feel less energetic. I mean, even when you're fasting, doing it, I mean, great. You know that your spirit's energized, but you know you can't run as far as you used to do exercise and things because the body needs that, that energy. Well, the same way when people start feeling depressed and start feeling run down and just get angry or just upset all the time and this one and there's ammonia and there's a complaint there. What is that? That's a lack of life. Depression is a lack of life. Are you with me? Now, there are certain things that happen physically in the body. There's chemicals. I understand the physical, the natural, the science side of it. But family God, like everything else, it begins with what's happening in the heart, within the spirit. You correct that first. That's the first place. You receive the word. Spend time in the presence of God, with the word of God. And by filling your heart with that word, out of your heart flows the power. Why, when that woman with the issue of blood could come up to Jesus and touch his garment, boom, power flowed out of him because he had been in the Word. He had been in the Word. That Word was life to him so much so that it was in overflow that whoever else touched him got it as well. Hallelujah. That's why it says, keep your heart with all diligence. You protect your heart. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. What is that talking about? A deceitful mouth is not just somebody who, who curses and swears and does things like that. Uh, a deceitful mouth is anything that talks violating the Word of God. If God says something, that's all that's going to come out my mouth. Amen. And when he talks about perverse lips and that, we're talking about 
just getting involved with all kinds of gossip and things and, and, and talking about other people. Uh, I was listening to a message by Dr. Bill Winston a little while ago, and he mentioned how his wife uh, had he, he'd come home and and he had an issue, and he and he said, "Did you hear about so and so?" She stopped and said, "No, no, I don't want to hear." And he said, "Why not?" She says, "I'm working on something." He said, "You're working on something," and she said, "Yes, I, I'm applying my faith for something we need in this home, and I don't, I can't allow that into my heart." And he went, you got a point. And that, that's exactly it because it's in those strife and division and the, and the gossip that interferes with what the word is doing in your heart. You don't want that to come out of your mouth. You want to protect your heart with every due diligence. Make sure you keep it heart pure so that you're only receiving the word of God. It's giving attention to the word. Psalm chapter 1 Verse 1, blessed is the man. Now, how do you want to be blessed? Now, the word says that when you're born again, Jesus took the curse so that the blessing may come upon you. What's the word blessed mean? Very, very basic uh, definition is empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed. The blessing is a spoken word from God that when it's received, gives you the ability to do what the blesser said to you. So by the blessing spoken means you now are given the ability to carry that out. And we want to walk the blessed life. I said we want to walk the blessed life. So this is not just saying the man that does this is happy. Or, you know, he, uh, this is a nice God bless you. No, this means he's now, that, that, that word, that spirit that you've given attention to, that word that's now in your heart, how does it work? It works this way. That blessing now activates through this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't look to social media to determine what we believe. We don't allow the social climate to tell us what is right and wrong. We don't even let the law books determine what's accurate. If the, if, if the word, and you must understand, I'm not someone who breaks laws. The Bible does tell us to honor those who, who rule in the government. But let them write a law that violates the word of God. I will not stand for it. I will not because it's not up to a majority vote of some party to decide what's spiritually accurate or not. You tell me how fast you want me to drive on the highway, I will listen to you. But don't interfere with spiritual matters. When it comes to spiritual matters, we do not go to the ungodly to hear what's right and wrong. The ungodly do not define what is marriage. The Word of God does. The Word of God defines how we handle our financial affairs. The Word of God defines how we handle our time with God. Say amen. amen. We do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, and we do not stand in the path of sinners. Watch who you hang out with. Watch who you spend time with. It is important to have unsaved people in your life, because who else are you going to lead to Jesus? So you do, you go spend time, but you're going in with the intention of being salt and light. 
not just to tolerate and, well, I want to be friends with you, but I'll never interfere with you. I'll never speak to you. I'll never say anything about your life. No, we have a reason for, me, for being together. As I have an intent to lead you to Jesus. Uh, you, may, you don't have to tell them that, but the point is you're not going to hang out with them. They just, they, I just love them. They're just my friend. I don't, you know, that's okay. Oh, so you don't mind that person going to hell. No, we have to lead them to Jesus. Amen. But if we keep hanging out with the wrong crowd, that will start to lead us away. That's why it says don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Praise God. Nor sit in the seat of the, uh, of the scornful. What's that talking about? We don't want to sit around gossip and people moaning and complaining about other men and women of God. Did you hear about this preacher? Time out. Yeah, but I, I just want to get your opinion. <laughs> no, you want to talk about it. You, you, that's just the flesh. Come on now. Because you know what the truth is. You know what the word says. Amen. Someone says, did you hear about so-and-so? Am I part of the solution? No, then I don't want to hear about it. If, if we're talking about solution, then you've heard me say it many times before. Someone comes along to me and says, Pastor Alan, did you hear about Pastor Sam, how he, hang on, whoa, 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 Pastor Sam, come here quickly. No, 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 don't. No, then I'm not interested. Then I don't want to hear it. Amen. Everyone says to me, now don't tell anyone about this. Then stop. Because I, I will not live under that bondage. I don't want to live under that bondage. I don't have a good enough memory to remember who I can tell who what. Are you on the list or aren't you on the list? Can I, you know, I, I just don't have the memory. Just don't tell Mary. I don't remember when I'm talking to Mary, you said that don't tell Mary. If you don't want Mary to know, don't tell me. Particularly my wife. You know if you tell me something, Janine's going to hear about it. Amen. And, and for those that may not have heard it before, but every one of us knows somebody who will not tell anybody else. You know, I can tell you. Now, you don't tell anyone. Oh, no, I won't. I will not tell anybody. But in the back of your mind, you know your wife, she, she won't tell anybody. But she knows uh, her sister won't tell anybody. And, and her sister knows her husband won't tell anybody. And her husband knows his friend at work won't tell anybody. And yes, he has a simple rule. Whatever you don't want repeated, don't say. There you go. Amen. Wow, why did you tell so-and-so? I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. See, if you don't want it, then that would be scornful. That, that, that's that gossip. And that the word tells us that will get in the way. It will stop you from receiving what God wants you to receive. See, we think it's just simply, I, got, I just got to get it off my chest. That's the problem. It's now getting in the way of that faith production. Getting in the way of that blessing. Blessed is the man who doesn't do that. Come on, say amen. But, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Or in other words, the word of God. 
Your delight is the word of God, and in that word, he meditates how often? Sunday. Oh, every day. Oh, day and night. That's not even a once-off-a-day thing. Meditate day and night. Now, what's meditate mean? Cross your legs, point your fingers, go home. No. No, that's not meditation. See, that's a counterfeit again. Meditate, the word, the Hebrew word, talks about pondering, muttering. It's, it's constantly having the word on your lips. It's thinking about it, talking about it, processing it. Talking, thinking, talking, processing, speaking, praising God for it. The word says, what does he mean by that? How do I apply that in my life? It's, it's, it's a constant working, working. You see, you're mixing your faith. You're taking what you've heard. What did Pastor Alan say on Sunday? How does that apply to me? That's why on home sales, on Wednesday, we make it true. We get together. What are we doing? We're we invoking meditation. What is the word spoken to you? What is, how are you activating it? How are you going to apply it in your life? How do we turn it into a practical point? Uh, what am I actually going to change in my life to make that happen? See, now I'm giving attention. It's that meditation. That's the person who will receive the blessing. They'll draw the blessing from that word. And verse 3, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Who? The blessed man. How many you want whatever you do to prosper? There's the formula. It, it, it is so basic. You have to actually be, go on a course to be confused about it. No, it is so basic. It's simply taking the Word of God, taking it and meditating it regularly. That's number three, is to meditate the Word of God every day. Once you've given attention to the Word, now you meditate that Word of God every day. Say that when I've heard the word of God, I've come to the house of God, I've received the word, I give attention to that word, and when I'm giving attention to that word, I'm listening to it, and now I meditate that word. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What's he saying? Keep speaking it. Keep declaring it. You shall meditate in it day and night. God's telling Joshua, I mean, listen, this man has been asked to take over from Moses. Now, Moses, we're talking about Moses. This is the man who stood in front of a Red Sea, and Joshua was just a young man coming out of slavery and knowing nothing else but poverty and where is this God that everyone's talking about? And now this great man comes into town, stares down Pharaoh. I mean, he's a major man of God. Uh, and, and next moment, he gets this, all these Jews to follow him. And out they go and they get to the Red Sea. And now it looks like the whole of Egypt's coming to get them back. And all this man does is lift his staff and boom, the Red Sea opens. I mean... Can you imagine, Joshua? Whoa. 
and he walks through and dry land and and then he sees water come out of a rock and he sees quail come and manna and and he's watching this man controlling the elements, just walking and, and speaking with God, going up into the mountain, the face of God. Josh is like watching this, hanging out with him. Wherever he went to pray, he went with him, stayed close by. And the next moment, Moses dies and he passes away and they're ready to go over. And God turns and says, okay, Joshua, your turn. Slave boy? <laughs> Me? You, you, <laughs> yeah. Right. God says, you're the one. How am I going to do this? And God gives him the instruction. Here's what you do. Don't let the word depart from your heart. The word that you're hearing, meditate it. You keep that word in front of you. Look at it. Think about it. Talk about it. Day and night. And observe to do. Put into action. Every time I give you instruction, just do that. And if you do that, then you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good Success. Now, it's interesting that God would say good success. Why would he qualify it? Because there is an element of success that the world looks at. But it's not good success. I don't want to be successful in what the world thinks is successful. You know, and you've got the car and you've got this house and you live in that neighborhood. Now you've made it. No, you can do all of that and still end up going to hell. Lose it all in a moment. No, I want good success. Have you say amen to that? Lift your hand and say, I want good success. I want whatever I put my hand to prosper. Now God has given me that promise. And he said, the way to do that is to hear the word of God, receive the word of God, meditate that word day and night, every day. Every night, throughout the day, thinking about the Word, listening to the Word, speaking the Word, activating the Word. And when I hear an instruction, to do it as God said it to be done. And when I do that, my success, my prosperity is inevitable. Guaranteed. Hallelujah. How you want to see that in your life? Keep it simple. Amen. Just make a decision. Family God, I, <laughs> this is one of those moments where I, as, a, as your teacher, because I can only take you to the feeding trough. <laughs> you have to eat. If, if I could eat for you, I would. Like I said, if I, can, if I could just zip you up from the back and take the, the, the card with a preloaded program for prosperity and plug it in you and zip your clothes, that would be a nice way to do it. But God didn't design it that way. You have to activate it. Amen. So when people come to me and say, this is not happening, this is not happening, I say, what does the word say? And, and my children know that's, that's the, the most basic answer. Well, what does the word say on the issue? Well, sometimes I just, no, we're gonna, uh, you're going to start with the word. 
Isn't that right? You start with the word, and when you get the word right, then we can look at the other issues. But without that foundation, we're on shaky ground. So take that word, receive it, meditate it. What does that mean? It means tomorrow morning when we wake up, we're going to go to the word, and we're going to take it out, and we're going to read it, and we're going to look at it, and pick out from it, and hear from God what he's saying to us for that day. And then that day, we're going to meditate all day through it. Amen. And then tomorrow night, we're going to do it again, just before we go to bed. Say amen. Amen. Did you get something this morning? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for his word.